I knew what was bothering Miranda. It was the same thought that was bothering me ever since the guy I'd been seeing for 10 days asked me to slow down. If you're a 30-something woman living in Manhattan and you refuse to settle and you're sexually active, it's inevitable that you'll rack up a certain number of partners. But how many men is too many men? Are we simply romantically challenged or are we sluts? All right, everybody. Welcome to the Miranda Season 3, Episode 6, <laughs> Are We Sluts? And today we have a perfect guest for this episode, none other than Heather Poole's husband, Jason Goldrosen. Hi, Jason. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Long time fan of the pod and excited to be here. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Jason. We've been waiting with for this moment with bated breath. <laughs> we really have because, first off, for those of you who don't know Jason, he's just like the best person ever. Jason, is there anybody who doesn't like you? <laughs> I don't have too many enemies, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> like, I can probably count on two hands people who, like, I've had beef with or maybe who don't really like me. And I don't think you have that. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, like... <laughs> Maybe at work or in more competitive situations, but uh, yeah, I, I think in socially with friends, you know, uh, go with and, the flow. It's good because go you're, you're married help. to Heather who has beef with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we got to balance each other out. Uh, Is she with you? Is she in the house? No, she's getting her nails done right now. Nice. I like yeah. that. So mm-hmm. um, Jason is actually in San Francisco with Gilly, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm slightly jealous. Mm-hmm. I have to say at first I was like a little bit nervous about the setup for recording, but then I realized, wait, hey, it's kind of easy. Like we found a splitter. We're splitting the headphone jack. Like, yeah, we're all we're all set, actually. Other. Yeah. Other than the kind of mishap with the FaceTime versus Google Meet, this has been a pretty smooth, <laughs> like, smooth transition. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, me texting that to you is the meanest I'll ever do. <laughs> I was like, I can tell she's being like, right now. I won't ever say anything more rude than that, which is I was already prepared. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I was on I'm so conflict avoided. <laughs> it, was, it was transparent. It was. It was. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Wait. First off, we had to talk about the big elephant in the room. Big Jason, elephant in the room. You got a great haircut. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was expecting, I did get a haircut about 10 days ago, but I, I thought we were going to talk about Michigan winning its first football game against Ohio State in 10 <laughs> okay. years with Laura. Wrong podcast. Shirt. I know, wrong podcast, but I will say that 10 years ago, the last time Michigan did one, I was with Sarah at the game and we ran onto the field together and kind of celebrated together with some other friends. So feels full circle yes. 10 years later to be uh, here talking together. Jason, my God, that's I didn't know you guys ran out on the field. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was who was there? Tim. Brandon. Ian. Brandon. Um, uh, (gasps) some other people were that giddy. I don't know. Yeah, it was nice. Becca. We I don't know. But yeah, that's true. We did. That was 10 years ago, which is kind of cool. Um, so Jason, we've wanted you on the podcast mm-hmm. for quite a bit of time. We refer to you quite a bit. You're probably <laughs> the person we refer to the most, even more than Heather, because you're one of the smartest people I know. <laughs> and we need that big mental energy for this episode. All right. I'll, I'll do, I'll do my best. Those are big shoes to fill, but I'm uh, happy to be here. 
Um, Okay, so should I give a quick recap? Always give a quick recap. Okay, so in this episode entitled are we sluts the girls all answer this question from a you know a variety of perspectives in this episode carrie and aiden have been dating for like a hot second and she's questioning why they haven't had sex yet and she wonders is she being friend zoned is he gay really he's just the old-fashioned wants to wait a week and a half to sleep with her and Charlotte in this episode is having sex with somebody and every time he comes he yells you fucking bitch you fucking whore <laughs> and she uh, is has a lot of self-doubt about herself and then whatever Miranda uh, contracts chlamydia or is diagnosed with chlamydia and then goes through her past boyfriends to kind of see maybe who gave it to her and contacts them and then Samantha moves apartments after um, a gentleman that she brought in someone followed him robbed somebody and so she I think answers the question are we sluts by just moving to another place and continuing her behavior that's more acceptable of it kind of a basic episode not too complicated yeah it's I I'm excited to rate this one later. <laughs> Heather was telling me that Jason was like, is it a five Manila Blahnik? It's five, right? <laughs> I couldn't remember the rating scale. <laughs> well, our our numbers guy wanted to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so before we get into the actual analyzing the episode and all the statistics that he's going to bring to the table, I just want to know, Jason, first impressions. Now, I need to let you know in on something. Heather really wanted you to come on and she really wanted you to come on the podcast because she has called you the straightest guy she knows. <laughs> and she multiple times has referred to you as, quote unquote, the straightest guy you'll ever meet. So, <laughs> she was really pushing for you to be, which is so funny because like, sure, you're a straight guy, but you're not like Mr. Like, yeah, like, you know, like the stereotypical like bro. Yeah. But, Heather was very adamant about your masculinity and your sexuality before coming onto this show. Sounds like Heather has more of an issue she needs so, to work. Yeah, so putting aside your obvious masculinity, what do you like about the show? Do you like it? Like, what are your thoughts on Sex and the City? Uh, on Sex and the City as a whole, not just this As a episode. whole, the series. Yeah. Um, I think I find it very entertaining because it feels like living in New York now to kind of see New York at that time 20 years ago around 9-11 and just like early 2000s I think is a window into what life was like at that time which I always appreciate um I think I really like the one-liners and like kind of like the all of Samantha's zingers that I'm sure we'll get to later like yeah. I think that's like a constant theme that's always entertaining I don't know I think I've watched most of the show in light of kind of hearing your guys podcast and so I think that's kind of increased my appreciation for it because I can see how you guys uh like it and enjoy it and kind of tease apart all the storylines um and it's a show about friends which I which I always like too um but it's definitely a show where you can laugh with it and laugh at it and that's kind of a nice balance uh that I like do you think that Heather's a true fan of the show <laughs> um, I, th I think so yeah I think so not not maybe not as much as the uh as YouTube but uh she's she's definitely a fan and um now we have to ask you the question that we ask every single person who comes on which character do you identify with any character for that matter 
Probably, probably Miranda. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think maybe just like in friend dynamics. Like, I think she. It seems like a lot of jokes are kind of at her expense, and I think in my friend groups, I, I was always in that. <laughs> hey, we've never heard that one before. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'd say that that'd be my answer. I know. I even terrific answer. I, I even put that in my my wedding speech that I said. No, I said you're sometimes funny, sometimes even intentionally, but <laughs> it's true. And it's it was interesting being around your high school friends because they do make fun of you, and but you take it with such like grace. <laughs> you know, I don't. Have you ever been offended? I don't think, I don't think you get triggered. No, yeah, and I think yeah, I learned early on that I I couldn't otherwise. Yeah, it'd be too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> you would just be too overwhelmed. Um, okay, so you are a fellow Miranda, which is amazing. What what Gryffindor? I'm not sorry. What Harry Potter house are you in? Um, that's a great question. I yeah, this is important stuff. Like a mix of Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Knew it. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Heather's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Match. I'm the same thing too. Match made in heaven. I'm actually Hufflepuff and Slytherin. Yeah, mm. very weird combo. Strong Slytherin vibes this before we started. <laughs> and that's the, mo- that's the most Slytherin I'll ever get, okay? <laughs> Even while I sent it, I was like, you know what, Sarah, you're being a big old bitch. I just calm down with those texts. I think that was the duality right there of your Hubblepuff self yeah. and your yeah. <laughs> Slytherin self. Like, <laughs> fighting um, for duality of man. <laughs> duality of man. Hufflepuff and Slytherin. Um, okay, so I'm so curious, Jason, did you watch this with H? I did. Yes. And yeah. And real quick, um, just for our listeners, can you um, explain to our listeners like what data science is or like what you do as a data scientist, which is also like economics and just, ex- just you know what? Just explain it to me, not even <laughs> yeah, the listeners. What do you do for a living? What are you? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I, I work as a data scientist, I would say. My background's in economics. I think at the end of the day, most of what I'm responsible for at work is just like understanding data and being able to explain that to others, helping other stakeholders at the company understand uh, different trends in data and make sense of it. So Mm. I think a lot of, we always talk about big data and there's kind of data everywhere, but, but I think there needs to be someone who kind of helps distill what's most important about it or what narrative are we learning from the data so that's kind of the role that i and so and so do you feel like that like i guess maybe in situations that you've worked in in the past that like had there been times where people have you know extrapolated quote unquote from data and you like don't agree with it or or is it possible that or is that not even possible when you're like referencing data no yeah i think that's absolutely the case where some people are sort of interested in data if it furthers their argument or their belief Oh, interesting. Um, and Ooh. so, so a core, a core, a really important part of being a data scientist is having that principle to be able to kind of be objective and approach it from, you know, minimize your biases as much as possible and help others do the same. So cool. Yeah. Well, and we know you're a very biased person. So yeah. That, so that must be really hard for you. Okay. Um, so, guys, while you guys were talking, my dad delivered me a like, Apple cider it looks amazing. margarita. Yeah. But he was waiting there for my approval. So I just. 
<laughs> so I miss some of what you do, but I know exactly what you do. You're an interesting job. Salted rim and all. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's a cinnamon salt sugar rim with some wow. like apple cider, ginger beer. Wow. Yeah, a nice mocktail. Um, okay, so the reason why we wanted you on specifically for this episode, more because it was convenient because you guys were both in San Francisco. So it just kind of worked out. I don't know if when we think of are we sluts, we think of Jason Goldrose. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what, though? It worked out beautifully because in this episode, we've got some numbers ahead of us. We got and a lot of numbers. It Gilly really worked out. notorious for just kind of like fucking up math on the show <laughs> and just really not understanding what we're talking about. So in this episode, Miranda gets diagnosed with chlamydia. Yes. So what... I don't even know what questions I should ask because this isn't a health lesson. We're looking for some statistics here. Well, how about this? How about, what? Jason, why don't you um, tell us about some, just get into it. What are things that really stood out for you as far as like things that you could measure in the show? And Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'd, I'd say definitely a few different things um, stood out. So obviously there's the storyline with Miranda um, and having chlamydia and just the prevalence of STIs in general. So oh my that's, gosh. that's one. Um, STIs. Wow. What a pro over here. <laughs> Ooh. So, sexually transmitted <laughs> infection over here. Okay. Yeah. So in that way, I guess I can quiz you guys. And Oh, <laughs> yes. According to the CDC, um, Ooh. what percent of U.S. adults had an STI in 2018 when they did the study last. 2018? Yeah, or just like in, in, rec in a recent year. Oh, in a recent study. 25% oh. of oh. people. <laughs> I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 11%. So it's, it is, it's 20%. So oh, both shoot. That's a lot close. of STIs. Oh, you, you, do you know why? Because they throw that one in five will get chlamydia, one in uh, four. And it's yeah. such an easy, it's a great number to throw around because you realize like, oh shit, you know, five people, one of them's got something. Um, interesting. Yeah. Is that what 13 years of dating in Manhattan does to a woman? I'll tell you what it does. It gives you chlamydia. Excuse me? Yeah. My gynecologist called me today and my test, which she just threw in for good measure, came back positive. Yikes. It's not terrible. There aren't any symptoms, but it can cause infertility. So I guess it's good I caught it. I mean, not that I caught it, but that I found out. Well, do you think you got it from Steve? I don't know. It's the first time I've been tested, so it could be any number of guys, which is what I said to my gynecologist. And frankly, she seemed a little judgmental. She told me that I should contact all the people that I might have given it to so they can all be treated. I have no background in infectious diseases. <laughs> you know, despite like 2020 being the year where everyone pretends to know a lot about infectious diseases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there... I don't have a lot of knowledge to like further dive into details about that, but I do know part of the part of the issue is that a lot of these STIs have asymptomatic cases, and so mm. that makes it difficult to contain and um, difficult to prevent the spread. Interesting, um, interesting. How dark? Okay, so <laughs> looking at this, okay, so so I'm going to throw a number at you then. Uh oh, Jason. If, she, if she's had 47 partners, 42. What is the, 42, what is the likelihood that, what percentage do you think have, would get chlamydia then? Would it be 20%? Well, that's hard to say because she said 42 was her, like her sex number of people 
Yeah. Ever. So then why was she making a list of everybody? Like <laughs> you're not going to call well, the person you had sex with 10 years ago. Well, I don't know. Does I guess we don't have enough information about chlamydia. Like how long is it around? You know, like how long? Oh, well, yeah. I guess what I'm wondering is like, how many sexual partners do you think Miranda's had in the last, let's just say year, as far as this show goes, should we say like four? See, this is us no. just picking. A no, 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 this is great. <laughs> So I think, you know, if that's the case, if it's four, if it's five, right, this, the stat is one in five on average. Yeah. You know, without knowing any other information, you'd expect at least one to, um, on average to have some kind of STI. Right. And so, but the thing is, one of those people was the one who gave it to her. So then what's the likelihood that she gave it, I guess, gave it to someone else? Ooh, I'm not sure, but probably, probably pretty high at that point. Yeah. And question, did we find out, did Steve end up having chlamydia? Negative. Oh, he was negative. Yeah, he was negative. And I, I actually, I like that they included this topic on the show. And the writers did a very good job of weaving sexual health education into a fictional narrative. Because I think people learn a, a lot from stories. So I, I think that they were maybe during this time, and again, I don't have the numbers. I wonder if they were having like a huge issue with chlamydia. I wonder why they chose chlamydia. Is it less stigmatized? I mean, like what is she? She's not gonna say she's HIV. Like that's a whole show ruin, not, not ruiner, but like a game changer. They're not going to say herpes. Cause that feels too like people are going to get an image in their head. I'm curious why they chose chlamydia. I'm glad that they talked about sexual health on the show for characters that are pretty sexually active. This is, I think, it's only what, like the second time sexual health is really mentioned on the show. I think Samantha has like a HIV scare at some point, right? Or no, what happens with her? Do you remember that, Gilly? She Ooh. goes to get tested. Oh, Samantha has an HIV scare. Oh, because the guy asked her to. He says, I won't have sex with you unless you yes. have AIDS. And, a- and he calls it an AIDS test, which is yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, God, that's aged. So I'm curious why <laughs> it shows chlamydia. I don't well, know. I feel Not like, having, I feel like it, but. having syphilis has got to be worse, right? <laughs> And and Charlotte just had crabs, so they had to like dial it up a notch, right? <laughs> so. Do you yeah. think now it would be like HPV? Do you think that would be something that I feel like during our age would have been HPV? That well, been I think HP, HPV is still pretty nuanced for some people. Like I had HPV, like most, I don't, I don't want to say so most women, but a lot of women have HPV. And it's because... Um, you can get it without it actually being sexually transmitted from what I understand. Like even if someone sits mm. on your lap or something like that. <laughs> Man is sitting <laughs> with like, well, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's not get into, let's not shame anybody. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, but I'm curious. Cause like I, ha- I got Gardasil when I was much Yeah, me younger. too. Me too. Um, I don't know. So HPV, that's interesting. So now on that, we talked about this in the episode, Miranda says that men are only carriers and they don't have symptoms. That's yes. not true. Is that not true? That I was curious. No. I texted you earlier. Did Catherine yeah. get back to you on that? No, I just looked up on, I think it was just Google here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have asked Catherine. So um, men so can have symptoms. Jason, do you have any info on that? On- <laughs> <laughs> we just expect you to know everything. No, no. I, 
I, I don't. Um, but I did think overall it seemed like a healthy depiction of like the conversation they oh, have great. about it. Um, and <sighs> I feel like she was, she was persuasive in a like positive and healthy way of getting him to go get tested. Yeah. Um, that was maybe a good role model. That's example. great. That's great. Absolutely. Feedback. Okay. Here's my thing though. And we can be as honest or not about this. Um, I'm very fortunate that I've never experienced like having an STD other than HPV, which doesn't, I don't know if it fully counts. It would be very mortifying to have to call sexual past partners and have this conversation. Yes. There must be a technological advancement that we could have. <laughs> this feels like an ancient scroll moment in which you have to call somebody like that's so mortifying. Like who do you think people, do people do that? Maybe there should be an app for that. <laughs> Jason? <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the privacy concerns would be <laughs> tracking, tracking sexual partners and exposure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, mean were, I don't know. That seems like kind of, I think you're right. It was nice how they talked about it and how she talked about it with Steve, but like pretty mortifying to have to go through a list of people and call them. But I, we, I, mean, I, I don't know. Were we able to figure out um, how many, his, like, which historical figures had STDs by any chance? Because was it Shakespeare who had an STD? Probably. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them had historical figures with STDs. All right. Who do we got on this list? John F. Kennedy. Al Capone. Okay. I don't know if I trust this <laughs> <laughs> link. Um Okay, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Celebrities, they're just like us. Um. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, but I, and it was kind of crazy that in the episode, the guy, he's the one who had it and probably gave it to her and he didn't call her. Um, I, I don't know. He was such an asshole move for him not to call her, but I also, I would feel so uncomfortable to call people like, um, I, I don't know. And also, would you have to call people you had sex with five years ago? Like, how long can you have chlamydia? Jason, we should have brought someone on who knows sexual <laughs> health. <We're not> gonna... <laughs> I think we need, an, um, yeah, somebody who knows, uh, you know, knows infectious diseases well and stuff. <laughs> Dr. Fauci oh. or someone. I've got this. It's chlamydia, which is like. I know what chlamydia is. Oh, well, perhaps you should get yourself tested. I've been tested. Recently? Yes. Is that it? Uh, I guess. Uh, no. Did you have it? How is that your business? You call me after months of not talking, you want to discuss my health? Yes, I had it. So what? <laughs> so perhaps you gave it to me? Well, what are you going to do, sue me? You know, you could at least have called me. Well, you told me never to call you again. And now I remember why. Bye! <laughs> are we sluts for being, like, in our 30s? single and sexually active but like emotionally unavailable essentially like in new york city and i just thought that was such a silly question to even like the title okay let's unpack this i know exactly where you're going look at yeah. the title of this thing are we sluts do we use the word slut anymore that feels like really i don't know do, do people use that like she's a slut <laughs> so aggressive. Also, also, what is a slut is what I wrote down. Like, what is a Jason? slut? <laughs> like, what's the, what's the, like, partner level where you, like, cross over into slut? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was so ridiculous that that was even a question. Um, I don't know, honestly. And I, but I remember, like, 
Now, the thing is, I, the word slutty is not as bad as the word slut, right? Like, I'd be like, ooh, that's a slutty top. You know, it usually described in the sense of fashion you know, or like kind of like, ooh, that's a slutty. So I don't know. I don't guess I use that word a lot, <laughs> but I feel like it was used a lot in like high school or middle school. It was yeah. definitely a very insulting thing that she's mm -hmm. such a slut. So I actually have a really amusing carry tracker. Jason, are you familiar with our carry tracker? I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, Sarah. Would I you know like exactly which one you're going to do it. And Gilly, explain why we have a carry tracker. Okay, so a carry tra our carry tracker is every time carry does something like self-centered or like brings the conversation back to herself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have this one. It's kind of subtle. So okay. Miranda's getting her STT, like just got her STI test. And, you know, she's waiting for the r results. And it was basically Carrie was like, while like while Miranda was waiting for a diagnosis, I was waiting for a diagnosis on my relationship. <laughs> like, was it a friend or a boyfriend? <laughs> you know? OK, I wrote that one down. That was my second carry tracker. My first carry tracker was this one. This is the most blatant one. It happened within two minutes of the show airing. OK, Charlotte is stressing out about it. Oh, yes. Yes. Or not. And Carrie says and then Charlotte's like, is that bad? And Carrie says, no, what's bad is that even Charlotte's having more sex than I am. Aiden won't, you know, then goes into a conversation about Aiden not wanting to sleep with her. Like, so and, awful. And basically, Charlotte was just explaining to the girls over the over brunch that she's been sleeping with this guy who can only climax when he says, you fucking bitch, you fucking whore. Come on, sweetie, what happened? Well, when he, you know, Came, orgasm, shot his wad. Uh-huh. He said... You fucking bitch! You fucking whore! Oh. Why would he say that? And, and like, she's explaining to it, like, it's kind of traumatic, too. Like, someone is saying such mean things to you. And, and Carrie can't even take a moment to talk about it. She's like, what's bad? Is Shaw's having more sex than me? Like... <laughs> Rather than talking about the blatant misogyny that is being normalized, like with this man, like <laughs> Carrie has to bring it back to herself. Like, honestly, I think there could be like a good like conversation on this like Madonna horror complex, you know, Ooh. like Carrie could have taken the time to talk about that. Right. Oh, yeah. But she brings it back to Aiden, which is another interesting topic in this episode. And I'm really curious, Jason, how you viewed Aiden's actions oh. in this episode. Did you see them as romantic? Did you see him like he's a total pansy? Not me. Not me, Mr. Straight Guy. Like, how did you view Aiden? <laughs> as the straightest man on earth. Can you touch? I don't know how I got that label, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask Heather about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was interesting, but I, I'm also waiting to figure out, like, there's got to be something wrong with Aiden. Can't be just like Mr. Perfect in terms of. Yeah. Wants to take everything so slowly and so, um, I don't know, like in control of his emotions and centered and grounded. Like he seemed a he seems a little too perfect at this point. Mm. And I'm wondering what's, you know, what else have we not? The you know, underbelly. Yeah. What else have we not found out about him? Mm hmm. 
I do want to sleep with you. I do. Look at you. But I've been down that road before. I've slept with women quickly, and I'm still single. So my new thing is, I just want to try to sleep with somebody I care about. And after watching this, will you now be drawing Heather baths on a regular basis? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then leaving and then trying to leave. Now, now's my time to go. <laughs> Sweet Heather, get get into this bath that I've drawn. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> and I feel like, what? What, what I find, what irks me about like how the way that Carrie's behavior is with Aiden is basically what's happening is... They keep like having dates and, you know, they leave with like a kiss at the door, but Aiden's not ready to come inside. And and that's why it was funny, like with my, like the carry tracker I had, when, which is when she's saying like, you know, I was waiting for my diagnosis. Is he a friend or a boyfriend? It's like she has no regard for another person's dating background or their like romantic timeline. And then, and maybe instead of saying me, 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 and he needs to validate me and I need to know if he's a friend or a boyfriend, maybe she could talk to him and get to know his story and get to know his romantic history and like have a vulnerable conversation as opposed to just getting this immediate Slamming the door in his face, pretty much. Yeah. When he wouldn't sleep with her. Like, can you imagine yeah. if I did that? Yeah. Like, turn, we on this show, yeah. we always turn, like, what if a guy did that? Okay, ready? Gilly, you're at yeah. the door. He's like, can you come in? Like, don't you think? And you're like, I'm, I don't know. Coercing like, you. I get it. Shut the door in his face. And you're like, hey, come out there, big boy. What's going on? What's you know? going on in there? And like, like points to his head. Bio, what's going on in there, big man? It's not acceptable what she did. No, it's not. And I actually, Jason, I actually wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on, we didn't fully understand uh, did, did we fully get why Jace, I mean, Aiden is kind of like taking his, I mean, it sounds like he's just taking his time. What is your perspective on him taking his time? And also like, yeah, I just wanted to kind of hear your reaction with that as a guy. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was interesting what he said about how like in the past, um, you know, he's jumped into bed with other people he's been dating and yeah. it hasn't worked out and he's trying something new. So I think. I thought that was interesting in terms of that, like, oh, like I'm trying something new. I'm experimenting to see what else works, trying to kind of find a solution um, and find sort of a sustainable relationship um, and create that foundation. So I think I I thought that was interesting. But at the same time, he still feels kind of like too good, too altruistic, too like in the prior episode, right, his his like downside is that he wants Carrie to quit smoking, like wants yes, her to be. You know. Yes. And so it's like everything, you know, all the kind of resistance from him is like generally things that are, I guess, pretty good naturally. And then yeah. Carrie's still unhappy with that. And I don't Oh know. yeah. And I mean, even next episode, uh, I'm intrigued for you to watch the next episode because the friction really starts happening because Big comes back into the picture. And Big is the opposite of Aiden. He's the bad the boy. He's the bad boy. Aiden is the good guy. Aiden yeah. is the guy you should be with. And yet, even from your perspective watching it, you're like, mm, something's a little off. Is he too good? Like, do we need? Do people need a little bit of an edge for us to be attracted to them? Mm-hmm. Because right now, he's 
thoughtful, generous, drawing a bath, romantic, wants her to be healthy. And yet the audience, I remember when I first watched it, I felt a little bit like it's not a repulsion because it is nice and sweet, but it does feel like, is there something underlying it? Something else that he has or is hiding? But maybe that just, yeah. I'm going to flag that because I think that, which we've talked about over and over again, is that Carrie is like super immature and like, I feel like we get to a point in life as we're getting older, which is like, don't you want something that's just like, does it have to be dramatic and ups and downs and like spikes and, you know, what, what is wrong with it? Just being like good and easygoing and like, okay. And like nice. And I think that she, there's that, I think that she's just immature and she needs to have the rug pulled out from underneath her. She she li- lives for that drama. So I actually, the, what you just said reminded me of something. And in one of my drafts for the speech I gave at Heather and Jason's wedding, I actually had something like this because when we were younger, Heather, it was probably we were in high school. We were watching High Fidelity. Oh, and yeah. there's this quote in it where John Cusack says like, you know, I didn't want, it was something like not fireworks or not really bad. It wasn't these ups and downs. It was just really, really good. Just yeah. good. And Heather, I remember saying like, I want that. Like, I love that. It's oh, just wow. goodness. And I remember being like, you are boring. Like, <laughs> I want like, I want the up and down. I didn't know that good could feel good. I thought you had to feel bad to feel good in totally. a way. But Heather's always known that she could just be with someone good to feel good. And I didn't mention that in the speech because I wasn't going to, like the line wasn't exactly that in the movie. I didn't want to butcher it as she's a film major. But, <laughs> you know, it's that idea that like you can just have an Aiden and it's just good. You don't need yeah. to be like dicked around and messed up with mentally that big did for you to mm-hmm. like feel good things and feel love. But Carrie is also a basket case and really just isn't she's so unwell in a lot of ways <laughs> that I don't think she can handle someone good like Aiden. Totally. Um, OK, do you guys think and Jason, I'm, I'm curious now you're in an interesting situation. You're very different from the dating that Laura and I have experienced because you've been with Heather for such a long time. And do but do you think if you were dating now would a week and a half, a week and a half doesn't seem like a long time at all to be dating someone and then like not sleeping with them. Yeah. What do yeah. you think, Jay? It's only been a couple of dates, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe like two or three dates. Yeah, I don't, to me, that doesn't feel like too slow to the point where it's, you feel like, I don't know, from Carrie's perspective, like everything's being held back and, you know, not developing. So. Yeah, I think she's jumping the gun a little bit in this situation. Gilly, what do you think? A week and a half. A week and a half? Yeah, that would that would that raise a concern for you? No. No. That's like having lived in New York, like we've all lived or are living in New York and sometimes I won't see a person for two weeks and I'll be like, oh, I saw you like yesterday. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, my God, was that two weeks ago? And like sometimes I'll see someone once a month and I'm like, that's a close friend. So uh, yeah, if, right. if you can get a man in New York City to see you consistently for a week and a half, 
Like she's such a fucking brat. Like, you know I know. What I, mean? like, I know. And I, I love that he says he's like, it's only been a week and a half. What yeah. about, you know, romance? And then she's like, romance? And she literally writes it on a sticky note, underlines it, puts it on her laptop. That was so absurd. That was I love that. I love that. <laughs> Daily reminder. So so dumb. She underlined it twice, like as if it was the most nuanced thing she'd ever stumbled upon. <laughs> Just one word, romance. <laughs> Why did I expect to sleep with him after only a week and a half? Had I become so jaded that I didn't even recognize romance when it kissed me on the lips? Maybe modern women need a cheat sheet to remind us romance isn't dead. <laughs> this is oh, what I'm I like, think, yeah, yeah, Carrie needs like another job. Like she needs to just get a backup <laughs> job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, clearly you're thinking way too hard. No, <laughs> but... I know. I Yeah. So that plot line was interesting. I did think it was sweet in the end when they do sleep with each other. And I like that she said that she felt kind of nervous. And I think they they it was a great acting in that scene. It felt very like first timey. And she even mentions, you know, I definitely wasn't a virgin, but this felt like virgin territory, <laughs> which is just such bad writing. But I think that in its whole, I thought the scene was romantic and sweet. Um, Gilly, what do you think? Jason, did you think it was romantic? Yeah, no, I definitely thought it was romantic. I didn't quite understand why Aiden was so quick to leave um, when he did draw the bath. Originally, he his idea was that he was going to like walk out the door and let, yeah. and let yeah. her enjoy it on her own. Um, well, I wanted to transition to some more stats and um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Stats Man. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I wanted, we we were talking about you know your number and i was watching the episode with a friend and i was like we were both like never share your number which is like never share your sexual partner number with a part like that a new partner i just i i I agree i think you're playing with fucking fire and basically uh miranda we find out oh yeah miranda actually does have 47 partners we found out steve has more than 60 apparently his bar his number is hey i'm a bartender i'm cute whatever (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what that translates to quantitatively (laughs) 72 maybe jason jason thoughts yeah no i guessed 75 um i i really like this i feel like i did was able to dig in on this general topic um well oh jason nice so where does miranda's 47 sexual partners rank compared to general population, which is general population is just fucking rumor mill pretty much, right? (laughs) People flexing left and right. Yeah, I've slept with this many people. So I will will add it's, where does she compare to women in her age group, which I I assumed was between 30 and 34. I'm not sure exactly. That sounds right, Um, yeah. So there is some data from government surveys on this and- um, so I did look this up. So if you were to take a hundred <laughs> random and representative women in the U.S., put them in a room, how many women in that room would have more sexual partners in terms of reporting it yeah. than Miranda? Oh, how and many out of a hundred? Thirty to thirty-four is the age. Yeah, of okay. thirty to thirty-four. I'm going to say from the country. forty more women. Forty women out of those hundred would have more. You said a hundred people. Yeah, out of out of a hundred, are gonna have more than Samantha Miranda's number. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot lower. I'm gonna say, um, I'm honestly gonna say like 
18 more people. So it's, it's three more people. In that, in that room. I guess 40? <laughs> Am I a slut? Three? So it's three. So Miranda's in the 97th percentile <gasps> for four people in her age group um, in terms of reported sexual partners in their lifetime. And so I think a couple things to take into account is like, this is the We're bad at math. <laughs> This is the entire country. If you looked at sort of yeah. people who are single in New yes. York, like in her peer group who live in urban areas, it might be different. But for yes. the country as a whole, she's she's got not the, a one percenter, but mm. she's a three percenter. She's got the Bible Belt in there. We got Utah in there. We got. Yeah. OK. And, Amish people in there. Wow. We got. And so I looked this up uh, because I did the same thing for Steve. And oh, I, shut I the did fuck up. same age group, but for men. Oh my God. And um, should we I, guess? I plugged in 75. That was okay. my guess for what was it? He said greater than 60. Uh, he said greater than 60. Okay, yeah. I'm cute. I'm 75. So, <laughs> 75. It might be, yeah. Uh, but it was the same. The, the, the you know, top 97th percentile, or there were these three more men in that room who have more reported sexual partners. And so they're both in the same sort of. You know, Steve is, has more partners than Miranda in terms of what they report, uh, but they're both the same percentile in their respective distributions. And this ties into a broader social phenomenon that oh in, in any of these surveys, what? men always over report more sexual partners oh. in terms of um, like heterosexual oh. sexual partners. Men always report more than women on average even though mathematically in heterosexual relationships, those should be the same. Oh, shut up, shut up, and shut so up, I shut think up. Th this uh, Miranda-Steve dynamic was really interesting because it's reflective of the research and just biases that come out of self-reported data on this topic. Um, I'm so happy you're on the podcast right now. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Slow clap. Slow clap. You know that's Slow the clap. greatest honor I could give anyone. <laughs> Slow clap. Very nice. So I'll go into more detail about this because I looked at this one Please. study that was looking at people in the UK and it looked at men and women, what they're reporting. So men report on average 14 sexual partners in their lifetime. Oh, on average? Yeah, on average. Wow. Women report seven sexual partners on average what? in their lifetime. Okay. No, that's that's this seems right for some reason, but and, that can't be right. Is yeah. What you're saying. And so mathematically, that can't be the case. There's like a gap of seven there. And so the the paper I was looking at was diving into what are the different sources of this gap. Mm. Um, so a few of the hypotheses are societal norms and pressure. Locker room things, talk. Hashtag. Yeah. Just things <laughs> like that. Like it's um, men tend to overreport, women tend to underreport, things like that. Oh my and God, so stop. You're killing me right they now. Found they found like three different sources that explain this gap. So the first one is that um, just like the very extreme outliers, uh, there tend to be more men that report just like really extremely high numbers, probably people of grandiose, you know, uh, views on themselves or, or whatever and report really high. Uh, and and women, you don't see that as much. So those extreme outliers kind of pull up the men's mean. Um you also have, I thought this was really interesting that women are more likely when asked how many sexual partners they've had, they're more likely to actually count them off like one, two, three, four, like go through. And that's exactly what Miranda does is she makes a list and she goes through. 
Men, on the other hand, are much more likely to generalize and say, oh, 10 or 15, a round number that ends in a zero or a five. Just, just like, notches on a belt, eh? <laughs> oh, and, my. That just and, says so much. And so you can see, if you look at the distributions, there's all these humps at the zeros and fives numbers oh, for men. And you don't see that for women. So there's like, there's just an accounting difference between women are, are, are better counters and more diligent counters. So men cook the books. Is what you're <laughs> and, and so that that generalization tends to inflate their numbers as well. Um, and then the last thing is social norms. Uh, and, oh my god! And so if you look at people who share share um, opinions, I guess on. Um, sexual norms. So when they're asked questions about like, are one night stands appropriate, like agree or disagree? When you look at people who share share similar beliefs across men and women, the gap narrows um, again. So those are the three sources of biases and gaps between that, you know, uh, what you see between men and women's like reported sexual partners. Jason, that was I'm, fantastic. I'm in awe. I'm in, I'm in awe. awe of what you just said, what you just did. I'm going to be about thinking you. about this for a while, too, because like I. It makes so much sense, though. I mean, here's the thing. I can't wrap my brain around numbers, but the fact that you could probably run an algorithm or some sort of equation to figure out where someone is lying about their numbers is insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, because it should match up, assuming that everyone is having heterosexual part, like partners of the opposite sex. So interesting that you're saying that Miranda's in the three percent, the 97th percentile, because she's deemed on the show as a very average woman. And really what the show is showing is people actually showing far greater frequency of sex than what would be the on average. And Miranda actually in the show is not seen as super sexually active per- compared particularly to Samantha, who would be on the like well, what, 99th percentile. What, Jason, do you think you could like extrapolate from the Miranda data? And like, let's say, <laughs> let's say Samantha has what? Can we say that Samantha has like 82 partners? More than that. I would say in the three digits. 105? Let's do 120. Where where is she lying that the Yeah, uh 0.5%? No, 99.9%. I don't know. Yeah, we, we, we could we could look it up. Yeah, it has to be either the 98th or the 99th percentile. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the 99th percentile. So but right, 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 right. So she's, Which is 0.5% of women in the country, yeah, right? Yeah, or 1%. Yeah, so she's kind of a one percenter, as we say. Oh so it's, my god. I think it's interesting what you brought up about self-reporting about sexual behaviors and how they're really skewed. And most people, and like if you look at like couples and frequency of sex, that there's a lot of data that says out there that people think that other people are having a lot more sex than they are. And it actually ends up being um, that people aren't as having as much sex, but people per- think that they are. And so sex, especially in media and movies, is shown with high frequency and you probably are seeing people and characters who are existing within these 97th, 99th percentile Mm -hmm. when that's just not like the average sexually healthy person or people who are engaging in sex, but just not to that frequency. Um, So it's interesting how you have media representations of sexuality and sexual frequency and maybe what kids see and what they think is like 
normal or what's not normal. Um, Because I would have, no one would ever think of Miranda and think of her as a 97th percentile based on that number. Well, what I'm wondering is, and this is kind of an off the cuff question, Jason, like you might not have the answer for this, but do you think that there are patterns that, or there is like some sort of correlating data of like when people are um, having those sexual partners? Like, let's say it's Miranda is, is age, let's say 16 to 33, let's say. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that we could collectively like find a pattern of when people are chipping away through the most people <laughs> or like, or do you think that there's got like, the early twenties, right? Well, early I was going to say, well, I was going to say um, late twenties, early thirties. Cause that's when women's sexuality is like sex drive is supposed to peak. Right. Don't they say that like women's sexual, whatever, whatever is in their thirties. And then men's sexual peak is but in I their don't early twenties. I don't know if necessarily women's sexual, like the behaviors of engaging in sex, not maybe match up with the sexual peak. Yeah, I that's think it's interesting. a lot by like the environment in which we're in. So I yeah. would look at college age and just the, the environment that promotes frequency of sex because of the surrounding like uh, uh, available Variables, partners, yeah, circumstances. Available partners. So I just did the math. Excuse me, Jason, but yeah, I move out of the way. She let's say she's 33. Let's say she started having sex at 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what 15 years. So if she had 47 partners, it's only three partners a year. Which yeah. ends up being like that doesn't seem that unreasonable. Unless yeah. she's been in serious relationships, then she's pro- there's probably been years where it's been one and then obviously one that there's more. But that doesn't sound like a lot. I guess 47 over 15 years. Yeah. And is it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, th- um, I think I think it's like the national population's not necessarily, even though you're looking at the same age group, it's not necessarily her peer group in the sense that there's probably a lot of people who have been in monogamous relationships for a long yes. time and have very low numbers compared to Miranda. Um and so I think if you were to look at, say, people in her age group who share her lifestyle, like living on their own mm-hmm. um, or not in a long term, I guess she is in a relationship with Steve, but, you know, not not in a really long term relationship, she probably wouldn't rank as high. And I think that's kind of the peer group that's being discussed and compared within the friend, mm-hmm. within the friend group uh, on the show. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, OK, so, Jason, um so this this episode, I think, was filmed in 2000 or aired in 2000 in New York City. And um, I'm sure there was maybe some sort of online dating happening through chat rooms then. But i um, curious, what percent of couples meet online and what what does Ooh. your data what year is your data from, too? Yeah. So I, I saw um, a, st- a Stanford study on this that I think compare data from 1995 and 2018. So wow, 2018 is the most recent year. What is that, 23 years? Yeah, God. yeah. And so if you just look at that chart, like the percent of people meeting online sort of just skyrockets, just oh take, my takes off. Oh my gosh. And everything, every other source, meeting through friends, meeting through family, meeting through work is on the decline during that time. So it's kind Jesus. of displacing all those other sources. Can I ask a question real mm-hmm. quick before you get into it? When you say meeting online, is this like people who met, 
who like their relationship was met online or is it just anyone meeting anyone even if it's just for a drink online like is it serious relationships or is it Mm. just people who are just choosing that as the method to date yeah so i think it's serious relationships and then it's asking them about the origin of their relationship got it and then it's looking at okay couples that started in 95 96 97 98 based on their story over time and so couples that started in 2018 i think 40 percent met online um and that was up from you know low single digits back in the 90s um it's basically you know didn't exist before then um but it's been sort of increasing at a rapid rate and i'd be very curious to see even in more recent years especially with the pandemic it's probably shot up oh yeah and it doesn't have too far to go before it's a majority source of all new relationships wow wow and i wonder what impact does that i mean it's just so different from how people i want to use the term mating because it really is mating like we can call it dating (laughs) but it really is coming together to form family units or just whatever it is like mating and it used to be like you were in such a small area like it Mm. was like the fear family the people who you knew they introduced you very very small and now you can connect with like you literally choose the radius in which you want to connect with somebody so it's created this such huge pool of partners i wonder if there was like a satisfaction thing if we could like track satisfaction like how satisfied people are with the relationships like do you Mm -hmm. think there's greater satisfaction now in relationships because we've created this bigger pool i don't really know what i'm asking but like no totally I, i i think with okay yes there's been an advance in technology, but just because something has become more efficient or more evolved doesn't necessarily make it more substantial because like are the divorce rates the same? I don't know. Like, is it a better way to meet people online? Is it just more efficient? Is it, what is it? I think divorce rates, at least from like the seventies and eighties are like actually lower. And I, Oh gosh, Jason, I'm no I'm butchering this, but I think it's because less people are getting married too. Yeah, that's been on the decline, yeah, for decades. Okay, so the the divorce rate is lower because there's just not as people aren't getting married. Or as many people getting because mm-hmm. I think everyone was getting married at one point, you know. Whereas yeah. now people choose to or not. Okay, so Jason, I'm gonna ask you a question. I've talked with this to Heather, so I think she's gonna be okay with me asking this. Um, hopefully. But <laughs> if you guys were to break up, what app Jesus. would you go on? <laughs> Sarah. You- <laughs> no, I've asked this to Heather. I asked this to Heather because we were talking about his profile. Like, because Heather's like Jason is such a catch. So he would be like matched up very quickly. So if you had to have an app, mm-hmm. what would you do? Yes. Let's just say that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> If your family was torn apart. Yeah. I mean, ha- ha- <laughs> having never been on them, I don't know the nuances all that well, but I guess I would say Hinge just with that presence of like knowing someone, um, knowing someone mutual, you know, friend or, or acquaintance, um, having that mutual connection. Well, no, I was JD. actually going to ask, Jason, did, when it said met online, what did that include? That in, Did that include... Um, people being set up via a group text message did that include instagram did that include 
you know, yeah. other weird, like my, someone asked my friend out via a Twitter DM like <laughs> 10 years ago. We were like, what? That was possible? Yes. <laughs> so it, it was all inclusive in terms all of inclusive. all the different sources. So it, it sounded like it uh, could be somebody who maybe reconnects with an old friend on Facebook, mm. um, like an old classmate or something like that. Mm. Um, that, would be, that would be counted as having initi- you know, started online. Um, so I think it's kind of all, all the above, basically. Cool. What, um, what are you what do you think are some gray areas? Like, I think maybe a gray area that I've heard a lot is like people saying like, oh, I know that person. And the, the person comes up on an app and they're like, yeah, I saw them at my friend's birthday party last week. And then they like talk on the app. Do you think that still counts? I think that w- would count, but it's kind of up to the person to report that and, and kind of ch- say that, that that's how they met. Um, well, I, th- I only I only ask that because I from what I've heard is that um, people like ask each other out on like Instagram later or on the app later. if They mm. cross like instead of doing it at the bar like it seems. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I know exactly what you're saying. But it seems like, like you, people are more yeah. timid to do it in person. Like apps has created that. I don't know if that's true, but that's just what I've heard. Yeah. And I think that was one thing from the study I was like looking forward to finding out and then was actually difficult to find out is what what percent of couples are kind of meeting at a bar or restaurant. And the way the methodology was set up was that like, let's say you met on um, Hinge and then you went and got a drink at a bar. You, that would count as both meeting online mm. and in a bar. So you see in that study a oh, lot of like a, that num- percent of relationships starting in a bar restaurant is increasing, but I have to think that most of those are coming through. Like that's the meeting place after first speaking and setting up the date online. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Does this show ever address online dating other than Stanford's big tool for you? I think where he does it. I don't think the show really. I don't think Jason's the one to answer that, to be honest. No, God, no, no, he doesn't know. Gilly, do you remember anything about it? I know that there's one part where um, Aiden gets like an AOL screen name and he and this is after Curious cheated on him and he like logs on and she like hides under her desk and is like, can he see me? I think. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. The only other time. Yeah. The show wasn't didn't involve technology, really, but it was really kind of booming then. Like they were really on the cusp of really like, what, when was the tech boom? Like, when was the big boom in the data where online dating was happening, Jason? I vaguely know. Like, 2008? I, yeah, I think I remember my friend was using, very actively using OkCupid in 2010, and then I got one in 2011 or 2012. In college? At, yeah, yeah. Like, in, I or, at, or right after, I don't know. My yeah. friend was on it. It was like... And so then, but I remember people in college were on OkCupid, but those were people who were gay, I think, or bi. And it was Mm -hmm. probably not as socially acceptable to like come out or or there weren't as many options for going out and meeting other people who weren't (laughs) heterosexual, like bros. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, But I remember, I'm pretty sure Tinder came out in... I think it came out in 2013, Tinder, or 2012. There was, there's been Grinder for a while. I'm just curious, like, in the data, Jason, when you see the, the spike. Yeah, so it, it definitely ex- explodes kind of in the early to mid-2010. So I think right around that time is those 
apps okay. started coming out and being more mainstream. Um, well, it's interesting because all those like eHarmony things and Match.com were were up a long before they had millennials dating yeah, on apps. Yeah. God, can you? Uh, do you know? I know. I'm trying to think if I know anybody who met on eHarmony. I don't know anyone who met on those. Things. I know a ton of people who are met on Bumble and Hinge. Tinder. I know one couple um, I, who met me and Dave on met Tinder on Tinder. And they're married. Tinder. Okay, mm-hmm. Tinder. Um, mostly, I know Tinder, Bumble, Hinge. Yeah. I don't know any. No, I know one OK Cupid too. I know someone uh, the League, and I think someone Coffee Meets Bagel. I'm pretty sure. It would be cool to see the stats on that, but I bet there's, I bet the stats are messy. Like yeah. Tinder's apps are probably like, uh, uh, stats are probably like, all no, people just, are down to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm cu- I, yeah, I'm also curious about like, who is, is there a giant company that owns a lot of them? Because I feel like eHarmony owns something. Do they get bought out? Like, does Meta own these? Like who's, who is I don't know if Jason knows the answer. I'm, We're yeah, asking him no so many questions. I have no idea, but I do wonder, like, just how those companies kind of see the relationships forming. They see two people who are talking and then maybe both delete the app or both stop using it. And that's maybe the way they, they're able to observe when relationships start. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Well, there's, um, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say there's a ridiculous show on Netflix, if you guys want to watch it, about like it's the ultimate dating app that essentially matches you with your soulmate based on a DNA test. Is this so fiction? Yes. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anymore. This world is like moving so fast. Post Squid Games, we don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's a good dating show. But okay, so Gil, what were you gonna? What were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say I wanted to, you know, uh, wrap up a little bit today, and um, you know, I don't know if you have any more stats to share. No, that was, um, that was all. I'd love to know um, any of your favorite fashion, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Um, on this episode I like I got I like uh, Samantha had like that yellow power suit situation yeah 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 I like that that one too and then I really loved Samantha's um purple and pink like suit monochrome look that she was in the elevator Um, oh yeah and I love that Samantha montage was like the howl in the background, like, whoa. Yeah. And it's and it's her, like her. I mean, we didn't really touch on that part of the story, but basically uh, Samantha has a late night visitor come over at 2 a.m. Like, you know, it's just another day in the park for Samantha and in sneaks in a guy, I guess, to hold someone up at gunpoint in the building. And she goes downstairs and everyone's freaking out about it. And they're like, who has a girl at 2 a.m.? And then, and then it shoots to Samantha in the elevator and, it, and the music's like, bah. I love it. Shows all of Samantha's 2 a.m. guests, like her, like hooking up with someone in the elevator. And she's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and it's not a bit, they don't do flashbacks on the show. And it's in this episode, they do it twice where um, Charlotte flashes back to the guy saying you're a bitch you're a whore Samantha flashing back so I'm curious who directed this episode yeah. for using that technique of a flashback it's not common within the series to like do that to have the character be lost in thought and for the audience to see it um, 
yeah, I thought that was a fun. I, I will say this. Okay, so we had I had like a I don't know what we call this, but an, an offensism or not being PC. But in the end, as Carrie's narrating, she says, Samantha moved to the hot and trendy meat packing meat packing district where whores were whores, men were women, and rents were much higher. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think that's on PC. That's like that just sums up everything so well. <laughs> where men were women and whores were whores. <laughs> whores, were whores. <laughs> that was a great way just to no it. thought just put into this <laughs> i well, know it's so good i actually have a samantha zinger that was actually unintentional i burst out laughing which was um i'm a trisexual i'll try anything once you know the whole thing goes down where we find out that samantha you know this old woman was like punched in the face or held up a gunpoint <laughs> by this guy <laughs> And then it shoots to them at brunch and Miranda's all chipper. And she's like, so what did everyone get up to last night? And you look at Samantha's face and she's just absolutely horrified. And she's like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And I just bursted out laughing because I know that feeling. I know that feeling when you're like, nothing, nothing at all. (laughs) So what did everybody do last night? Nothing. I think my the another there was two f- funny things in this episode episode that stood out to me. One was when Aiden said, "I don't care what anyone else says. I think Captain Zeta Jones is hot." Okay, who are the people that are saying otherwise? Like, <laughs> what people does he associate with that would have seen Captain Zeta Jones in Zorro and not thought she was wildly attractive? So yeah. that was one. Jason, thing. do you have the stats on who those fucking weirdos are? <laughs> yeah, probably very and then, very few. Um, the other funny part I thought was so great was that when when Carrie was um, working and on the, she called um, who was it Samantha and was like he's been in the bathroom for half an hour <laughs> and now he wants me to come in there I don't know for some reason I thought the thing is even though I hate Carrie I love Sarah Jessica Parker yeah and she's such a good actress and the idea that you uh, Gilly that you'd have a guy over to his bathroom for that's my worst minutes. nightmare here's my worst nightmare. It could go in so many directions. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. one fashion call up for me is I love Carrie's colorful patchwork, like colorful DreamWorks coat that she was wearing oh, yeah. in the end. Yeah, she, she wore, wore that, that in the episode before. Yes, yeah. I love it. So, all right, what are we rating this episode? Um, Wait, I had one Samantha Zinger. Oh, yeah, what was yeah. it? Oh, please. It's when, when Carrie's talking about, she's lamenting about Aiden. They're not <laughs> sleeping together yet. And she says she's going to a blues club at the Blue Note. So, <laughs> And, and Samantha's like, who's si- who's singing? You? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's singing the blues? You? <laughs> I did not catch that, and that's amazing. That's There's, a really good yeah. one. I actually have one more too, which is when Samantha's complaining about her like elderly prude neighbors in her building to the girls because they're like now all like you know slut shaming Samantha, and she goes, "They practically burned me at the stake like <laughs> Frankenstein." <laughs> <laughs> So ridiculous. I love it. Like, fuck it. Um, Okay. uh, What are we? Okay. So we let our guests do the rating of five Manola Blahniks. You've been crunching numbers all week. I had a religious experience at Manola Blahnik. What are you going to give this episode, Jason? Um, I'd say two out of five. I didn't think it was the most. Whoa. What? What? Oh my God. I, I feel like. Most other episodes I watch, I enjoy more, I think, because Charlotte's storyline, I didn't think there was much. It was weird and not much going on there. And Carrie's storyline, I think, 
I didn't I didn't love. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. wow ruthless. Sarah. Sarah, do you want to say it at the same time? One, One two, two, three. Three point four. 5. I gave it a four. And I'll let me let me fight for Defend. my life here. <laughs> Basically, um we are starting to really see like a real relationship that's like not Mr. Big, like a real relationship blossom with Carrie and Aiden. And literally, I just feel like it's getting more relatable, to be honest, and maybe even more realistic in relationship depictions. Yes, there isn't that much flushed out with Charlotte and Samantha still. Um, they're kind of the punchline characters. Um, but even with Miranda, I think that was great. And having like Steve go get tested as well. And like that, like you were saying, Jason, like, you know, ask like Steve getting Steve to go and like how that was like, I guess, kind of good communicate. I don't know if that's what you said, actually. Um, but yeah, so I honestly think that like we've made a lot of progress um, from season one and two. I yeah wow giving it a four I definitely it's it really stuck 3.5 for me I after I finished it I was kind of like yeah yeah just felt meh which is my 3.5 um but next week you know I always say this we're getting good we're getting into it <laughs> we have it's um episode seven next week and this actually touches into something that Jason brought up about Carrie about Aiden being too good and Carrie kind of spiraling about Ooh, that. And good we call, meet Charlotte's future husband the next episode. Yeah. Love it. Big, big stuff. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. We absolutely adore you. And um, is Heather there yet or is she still getting her nails done? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. We had so much. We're so happy you came on, Jason. And yeah, um, we will see you next week. Um, what's and Jason, I'll see you next week in Palm Springs. One of our awesome listeners and good good friends, Zoe, is getting married. So congratulations, Zoe. We'll see you in your at your wedding. Congrats, Zoe. All right. Bye, Jason. Bye. Bye, Jason Derulos. <laughs> Jason Derulos. Love it.